0: Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views, the place for pets and the people who love them. Here,
1: kitty, kitty, kitty.
0: Here are your hosts, practicing veterinarians Dr. Roger Welton and Dr. Karen Lewis. everybody, and thank you for listening to another episode of Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views. I am Dr. Karen Lewis, practicing veterinarian in the St. Louis, Missouri slash Illinois area, and my friend and co-host, Dr. Roger Welton, is with me from beautiful Florida. How are you today, Roger? We both agreed we were both tired, so this could be an interesting show.
1: We are quite (laughs) tired for different reasons, I'm sure. Uh, it, it, It was beautiful here today in Florida, just an absolute picturesque day. That I spent as a P.E. teacher, and that's why I have Coach's Voice. Oh, God. Um, I was invited by a through K-8 school today called the VR Charter School to teach P.E., teach lacrosse and P.E. class to all of their classes from 8.30 this morning to 2 p.m. So that's why I have Coach's Voice, and I figured wow. we can't put this off because if we keep putting off episodes just because I have Coach's Voice, I don't think we'll ever get together to do this, so.
0: And I'm kind of actually, I'm kind of used to your little husky voice now. You know? <laughs> when, you, when you don't have Koichi Koech's voice, I'll be like, "Who is this person? <laughs> Where is he?" <laughs> so, exactly.
1: So we'll just go with it. Um, yeah. Anyway, so anyways,
0: you had an interesting um, series of events in your. Clinic, and we, we were going to talk about those. And then, then you vented and wrote a blog article about it. And I love when I you did. write your venting blog articles because uh-huh. I have to say they're much more entertaining to me.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I get that from a lot of people that my uh, my rants are, are more entertaining than my informative ones or even my attempts at being humorous. It comes out much better when I'm, I'm <laughs> downright pissed off about something. <laughs> well, you know, so I had this string of just really stupid um, – lack of attention to any semblance of restraint or um, reigning in of activity or doing anything that was asked to do uh, post-operatively for spays. And and it's like, for me, it's like three times a charm. And by, by number three, I'm like, I got to blog about this. A, to get it <laughs> off my chest. B, maybe somebody will pay attention. Have you ever experienced this? I don't know what it is about the spay. I think it's the name and that's, you know, kind of the point of my articles, I think we need to go away from that nomenclature, but people hear it's just a spay, it's just a spay, just a spay, and yeah. as a result, I want to go play Frisbee with my dog after they come home from surgery. What are your thoughts on that?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, first of all, it's a procedure that is subsidized in a lot of places, so it's a surgery you can have done for like 20 bucks, 50 bucks, free, whatever, you know, <laughs> right. and so people think, oh, well, how big of a surgery is it? It's a $20 surgery, right. and also... There's a lot of these mobile clinics around, so any surgery that's done in the back of a van or an RV, <laughs> right. it, it tends to seem like a minor surgery. It's like, well, you're not going to – who would do a major abdominal surgery in a van? Well, guess what? We do. <laughs> just because it's so important to get these dogs spayed, we will do anything to get them spayed. But the problem is now people are like, like you said, it's just a spay and – um It's – people are like, oh, well – and honestly, before I was a veterinarian, I'm going to be honest, and you can totally judge me for this, but I thought the same thing because, like, neuters, not really that huge of a deal, you know, Um, unless they're, like, cryptorchid or there's something complicated. But spays are a big freaking deal, and before I was a vet, I was like, oh, it's just a spay. I even once said, how hard can it be?
1: (laughs) Right. Well, so before we go any further, just explain for our listeners, what is a spay?
0: Oh, um, so when you call it a hysterectomy, it sounds a lot more real, oh, yeah. I think. So – and it's even more than a hysterectomy. It's actually an ovario hysterectomy. So basically, your dog lays on its back. We splay it open, <laughs> dig through all the intestines, fish out the ovaries, fish out the uterus. Well, guess what? It's not always that easy because those ovaries have a really good blood supply. There's a big old artery that goes there, and it's – it's deep down. You're up to your elbows and intestines on these big dogs. You're trying to tie this artery off. You know, can't see the artery because it's hid in fat usually, <laughs> and so you're tying off this fat, praying that the artery isn't going to leak, and so my record is tying off the artery four times, not what your record is, <laughs> to make sure this sucker doesn't
1: go. For big dogs, yeah, I, I might have gone six. I don't know. <laughs>
0: oh, so, yeah, I know, and then you're sweating and cussing, and so um, – so you get these big old arteries tied off. You're praying they don't bleed. Then you, you cut out you know the bottom of the uterus. You're praying that doesn't bleed. And then you've got to sew her entire abdomen, her abdominal muscles, like the one that if she did sit-ups, she would do sit-ups with. Right. Um, you right. have to sew <laughs> those back together. You know. So um, th- there's a lot that can go wrong in terms of bleeding, which is a big fear for big dogs, and having the – uh, body wall or the abdominal wall is stay together so and the problems with post-op care usually comes with that second one which is the abdominal wall stay together and that's the whole why we say keep resting don't wonder don't you know play frisbee <laughs> like you suggested yeah. so
1: how about if it's a cat would it be wise to let that cat outside Yeah, that actually happened. That was number three.
0: (laughs) And cats, cats do scare me a lot less because cats. um, Well, here, actually, Dr. Roger, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever told you this story. This is totally unscripted, guys. But I worked when I was in New Jersey. I worked with these old, old vets. I'm talking like 1970s style medicine. Okay, and the one guy who shall remain nameless told me about how they used to spay cats in the early 70s. Basically, you would cut them open, rip out where the ovary was in that super important artery I talked about, not bother to tie it off or anything, rip, rip, tie once around the uterus, sew it back together, quick wham, wham, thank you, ma'am. And I said, in horror, after I picked my jaw up off the floor, (laughs) um, I said, wait, you didn't tie off any major arteries? He's like, nah. And his exact words were, sometimes they got a little blanch, but you know… They usually made it. Wow! <laughs> it's like so. Whenever I'm panicking in a surgery and I'm thinking there's too much blood, yeah, his words ring in my mind. Sometimes they get a little blanch, and I'm like, well, hey, those ones live, so hey,
1: a <laughs> <I> something- live. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, thank goodness for modern medicine, right? <laughs> no kidding. Um, so this particular <laughs> owner, she was, but yeah, this particular owner um, brings his cat in, and her, her intestines are hanging out. I just spayed her two days before. And uh, he says, uh, yeah, it really surprised me when she came in from outside. You know, she'd been out all day, and I see this stuff hanging out. I'm like, so you let your cat out? You let her outside despite, you know, confinement and the instructions. You know, we have very detailed post-op instructions. Keep the e-collar on, Elizabethan collar, so they don't chew. Keep them confined, no running, jumping. Maybe I didn't mention don't go outside. I don't know, but you know, I just figured all of that is kind of implied. But yeah, so I had to. Maybe she didn't
0: run or jump outside. Maybe maybe she power walked outside.
1: See, well, whatever it was, it was a bit much for my closure. So I got to lavage her intestines, tuck them back in, sew it up, and now I have to have her on you know antibiotics. And uh, luckily, the intestine that came through it didn't strangulate or anything, so I was able to just lavage it, tuck it back in, and you know. It all turned out okay, but it was so necessary, you know, just using some common sense. And but, poor cat. Yeah, yeah. And, and the guy loves his cat. I mean, it, it, there's no lack of love. He was duly concerned. He gladly paid whatever it took for, you know, me to reclose her and all that. And he was just, I don't know, just didn't take it as seriously as he should have. You know, that's back to the point of the spay. Now, I, I want to ask you something. When I was in Illinois, there was a, cl- a soft tissue surgeon that I learned under. Named Kathy, Doctor Kathy Greenfield. Was she there mm-hmm. when you were? She was there when you were there. Oh yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Doctor Greenfield said something to me that still just—I you know, actually quoted her in my article. I liked her a lot and uh, very good surgeon. You know, one, off a little, little tangent here, but one of the things that I really found unique about her is she actually sat while doing surgery. Do you remember that?
0: Oh yeah. Well, because she was, she was very short.
1: Is, was that it? So is that yes. why? Yeah. I thought was she was just didn't like standing.
0: What the <laughs> mean? where I used to work where it was like a spay neuter assembly line yeah all those vets sat and yeah. I can't sit for surgery it drives no. me crazy I just and I was like how do you oh god yeah like guess what you're used to it that's all you know you know she sat for everything
1: no matter what the procedure <laughs> was but great surgeon and um, she said as we're going into junior surgery we know, yeah, they're bringing in all all the death row uh, pound dogs for us to spay and neuter I ended up adopting one of them Uh, But as we're going in, she said, just remember, the students, that while we routinely do spays, there is nothing routine about them. And some of the most troubling, stressful surgeries I've ever been engaged in were spays. Mm -hmm. Amen, sister. Yeah. I mean, it's has God honest truth. Uh, I've had some doozies in in, in my lifetime for sure. So how do we change this? What do we do? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. is is my article gonna make a difference?
0: I'll be honest, no. Okay. <laughs> well, but and, and it's tough because, like I said, it, it's a surgery that is often ch- undercharged for because we want to get it done, right. you know, and um, and it's it's done so frequently, like everybody's most hopefully dog is spayed. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. everybody goes through it, and so if it's something everybody goes through, it's kind of like oh, we gotta spay, you know? And I think it's it's taken for granted. I guess would be the phrase, you know, it's just, um, and it's funny because we vets never do because when I'm doing surgery at one of the clinics I work at sometimes, um, we see a big spay and, well, actually the director of the clinic refuses to do a spay over 40 pounds because they stress her out that much. Wow. And, um, and so I was scheduled for surgery the day after her. So guess who got all the 50 plus pounds space? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, this is not good scheduling, but, um. Seriously, it is so much more stressful to spay these fat old dogs than it is. Sure. I'll take out bladder stones. I'll take out a spleen. I'll take a towel out of your intestines. <laughs>
1: right.
0: Easily, yeah. any day with my with my hand behind my back and my eyes closed. Before yeah. I'll do a big fat spay. It, it, it's just I mean, so just you can understand the 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 stress level that we veterinarians feel, you know, from doing that. That it's not just a little thing.
1: And, and there's something about that estrogen hormone that makes those mature females that you're spaying bleed like crazy you uh, you, you incise their skin bleeders everywhere yeah, you yes. you're, you're, you're just breaking you know through the fat bluntly to get to where you need to get to bleeders and you know and, and you have to differentiate between true bleeders and just all these little bleeders that sprout you know just from just from touching the dog you know, I know. um yeah I, I agree with you and and so we discussed, and I don't know if we had an episode about this or you and I were just talking about it. I think we it was in an episode we talked about giant, spree, giant breed neuters, how you know there's pretty good evidence that it may be a good idea to wait if you can circumvent the maleness that could result after they reach sexual maturity for orthopedic reasons. Um, well, that same. And I remember your opinion and my opinion is the same. That really doesn't apply to the females, right? We're still okay with spaying them around six months of age. But for – well, it's not surprising. People have just taken that and kind of translated it into, um, okay, well, I'm going to do the same with my female because hormones are hormones and they need the hormones. Whether it's male hormones or female hormones, the hormones, the hormones, the hormones. So I find myself frequently spaying large like giant breed dogs recently had a Mastiff that's a full-grown Mastiff she was 14 months old she was 135 pounds right oh, so you know again I'm
0: sweating just thinking about it actually. Yes, yeah <laughs>
1: it was stressful you know like you said you're, you're down to your elbow you know <laughs> yeah. trying to pull on and, and, and here's what's really stressful you know in this case so a female that's this mature she so what connects the ovary to the abdominal wall is a ligament fairly strong ligament in these older females called the suspensory ligament and for us to minimize the size of our incision and to be able to get the ovary up where we can clamp it and tie it off we have to break that thing and seriously it sounded like i was breaking a belt from a car under a car hood you know just like whack you know and and as you're tearing that you're thinking you know what if i just pull a little too hard and you just rip that artery with it you know
0: yet oh some of my worst bleeders from that part because I'm like where is all this blood coming from and then you know you and your technician have this discussion is it well what I call it is is it oozing or is it spree me in the face you know and I'm like no this is spree me in the face I know it's you know so um but oh my god that's oh I know it's terrible that one too because it's it's always a surprise what you're going to find in that ligament
1: yeah um and so uh this weekend I had an open house for my veterinary hospital which was pretty neat really cool um, a lot of people for the first time ever, since I took over the place in 04, got a, a full tour of the hospital, and we had little paw prints, you know, where the tour, where the tour went through, and I served as tour guide for a few, you know, a few of the tour groups that came through, and one of the things that fascinated people was my OR, and the anesthesia machine, and the $8,000 surgery vet, and the $4,000 surgical light setup, and the um, sterile packs, and... Uh, the positive pressure ventilation apparatus, and the app alert, and all of the things that we have, all the bells and whistles that go with surgery. And people were just in awe. And they were like, wow, you do all this for a spay? And I said, yeah, well, a spay is an wow. ovario hysterectomy. Does anybody here in this group know anybody who's had a hysterectomy? Oh, yeah, my mom had one. She couldn't get out of bed for a week. I'm like, right. So Thank picture you. that... Right, Picture that, but we're taking ovaries too, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they were just dumbfounded, like, oh, my God, I never really, you know, saw it that way. And some of these folks had gone the bargain basement route and gone to, I won't name the place, but uh, went there for the spay and said, hey, it's nothing personal. I just really need to save the money, and I'm not going to hold it against them. It's, you know, if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. But Yeah, I get it. That now, in hindsight, though, they're like, I would have never gone there if I knew this was involved. I'm like, all you yeah. got to do is ask. That's why I think a, a, a nomenclature change is in order. I think it's got to be a, a an industry-wide change starting at the level of the AVMA and AHA. So can we do that?
0: Yeah, because I mean, and I love how you said, because most, most people who have a hysterectomy, it's a big freaking deal. And I think yeah. one of the... This popped in my mind when you said that. A lot of the reasons people think it's not as big of a deal in dogs is because they hide their pain so well. Yes. And your dog isn't laying there in bed going, oh, I need more chicken soup. Right. She does want to run around. And you're like, ugh. And to go back to the whole 1970s medicine they <laughs> used to not do because I've lived it. It was not fun. Um,
1: I was born in the 70s, so, uh, <laughs> you know, would that apply to <laughs> us too? <laughs>
0: I worked at a place that practiced like that, but right. they didn't used to give pain meds I know. because they said if they hurt, they won't want to move. I'm like, oh, that is just so dumb for so many reasons. But right. um, I mean, but that just again shows how veterinarians didn't even really get how big it was, you yeah. know, or yeah. the, the, the field at the time, and to not even give. I mean, hello, get a history with no pain meds. Let me know how that works out for you. You right. know, sure. So uh, that that I mean, I think it's. The veterinarians kind of started it, with it being a you know a not huge thing, just because. We, and again, we wanted to get people to do it, and I totally am for that. But now we've kind of created this problem ourselves, I think a little bit too.
1: I think we are complicit in it. We do have to own that a little bit. Um, and, and where did the term spay come from, anyway? Do you know that the the what is it and etymology of that? Like what?
0: No. I don't know if somebody said you better pay, and then they put an S in front of it, <laughs> or maybe it's like, or maybe one went bad and it was supposed to be sleigh, and then they went, ooh, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't it, know. <laughs>
1: is it so? You know, the one the device you use to scoop up the the uterine horn when you can't find it. The snook hook. It's called well, it's it's called the spay hook. That's actually is it because of the spay hook? Maybe
0: I don't know because um. you know what? In some in a lot of countries or societies who speak English, they they use the term neuter. For both male and female.
1: Oh, really? Because
0: I have people from the UK who will say "female neutered" when they fill out my new patient form. Um, So I think it even might be a uniquely American thing. I don't know who came up with it, but because "neuter" is a better term because it means you've made them you've neutralized them, you know, and you can apply it for a male or a female, you know, but. Yeah, I don't know. See, we see. We need to prep for these. And it's it's, we'll it's an
1: odd word, right? I mean, I'll have to Google that. Like, where did "spay" come from? It just. It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't know. And can we shoot that person? No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Seriously. So, I'm taking matters into my own hands. You know, from an industry-wide perspective. <clears throat> I hope things change and I'm hope I'm going to lead by example here cuz you know everybody's paying attention to me, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, absolutely. You are so, like a demigod over
0: there in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Um, so it's so deep. right. <laughs> so so the um I lost my thought. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all
0: right. Oh no, cuz you were saying you got to take it on yourself cuz yeah. everyone listens to you and, right. you and that's where you lost so, me. So so so, so it, it
1: <laughs> I was definitely being facetious there. <laughs> in my own little fiefdom, my own little kingdom of West <laughs> Melbourne, Florida, where I, where my practice is, and, and that little corner of the world, I'm going to start there. Um, I, again, back at Illinois one time, I remember uh, one of the things, uh, an anesthesiologist I was learning under, an anesthesia resident, Dr. Lamont. She was really cool. Somebody somebody came in, one of her colleagues, and said, How you doing today, Dr. Lamont? What are you up to? She's like, Oh, you know... Saving the world one dog at a time. You know, I thought that was pretty cool. And so we do our little part to, to change the world in our own little way. And so for the veterinary industry, I've uh, begun a, a training process for by staff. Now, it's not just for uh, recognition that it is a more involved, more serious procedure than we give it credit for. It's also to sell the spay to the price shoppers. Not just because I want to do more spays, um, but but also I want them done right. I want pain management. I want sterile technique. I want to wear a cap mask and and, and a gown and all the things that should be being done that these two-bit low-cost places just aren't doing. So I want better for the dogs and the cats. It's not just a revenue thing or or, or doing more of the procedure. So one of the things that we're doing is – you ever do mystery calls? Do you, do your house call practice who answers the phone? Do you have a receptionist or? Um
0: actually I I quit answering my phone.
1: Oh.
0: So <laughs> it you... all go, I all I was going to hire a receptionist but then they couldn't answer any of the questions so it all just goes to voicemail and I just call everybody.
1: Oh really? That's a lot of work.
0: That's why I'm insane. Oh, yes, wow. thank you. Oh <laughs> wow.
1: Okay. So I have you know? two I have two ladies at the front desk. Um and, and also the, when that when that you know when the ro- ugh, I can't speak when the phones are ringing so badly we're so busy. Uh, the the rest of the staff is trained. You know, there's phones all over the clinic. Where yeah. if if the receptionists aren't getting it to it by ring number two, somebody just got to grab one. Hello, Maybach Animal Hospital. Blah 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 blah. So everybody's getting trained on this. And so yes, we want to convert the shoppers, but we also want to you know let them understand that it's a very involved, serious procedure. So mystery shopping uh, or mystery callers refers to we have people just call in and ask questions and see how they respond see how well the training is going and one of them is hey how y'all doing i'm calling to see how much it'll cost to get my dog (laughs) spaded
0: spaded i love
1: that have you ever heard that
0: oh god oh i love when it's written down in a form i'm like spaded spaded well it's better than diamonded i guess i don't know
1: (laughs) are we coming off pompous right now i'm just having too much fun with that but (laughs) Um, so yeah, no, it's a real, it's a real question we ask when we're mystery, mystery calling. And no, they have, they have a whole thing that they, they say first off, well, when you, by spay, I, I assume you're referring to the, um, ovariohysterectomy sterilization procedure, which is an intra-abdominal surgery. And, uh, yes, I'd be happy to give you, uh, the cost of our complete surgical package for that procedure. That's how they're supposed to say it each and every And they time. just said, well, huh? Right. But, <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> And then what we're going to do is we're going to see how many more of those we're converting. We're going to actually run a metric on it to see since we started this in you know comparison to when we weren't doing it because we didn't start it yet. Um, so I do mystery calling for any new initiative you know we, we put in, um, and this is one that is it's going to be installed in the future. We're in the training process right now, but once we're there, the beta testing's done. <laughs> I don't know if that's really what it's called, but we're going to actually it really official, though. quantify good, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I like to sound official. We're going to quantify it to see, and I'll let you know how it goes. We're going to do a whole six-month block of conversion and compare it to wow. the previous six months and see if that increases the compliance.
0: Well, and I think the phrase "ovariohysterectomy" is confusing because the phrase hysterectomy," everybody right. everybody knows what that is. Right. But ovario hysterectomy, first of all, it's oh, four more syllables.
1: Oh added the front, you know. Know. yep, that's four.
0: <laughs> so we're so smart tonight well um, <laughs> you know and so and I think it, it becomes a little really mouthful of a word so I actually just say hysterectomy just because it's a word that people can un- understand Yeah, you know and and kind of have a because a very hysterectomy nobody knows anybody who has had that done you know um, no, hysterectomy well yeah their aunt had one last week you know right. so it kind of is a different I don't know why but for me I'm like it's not as exact but it at least helps but, you know I'm like I'm the one who's got a get down
1: on the level so <laughs> yeah but that's one. Of, i think it's one of your gifts though and i, I think that's one, why your, your writing is so effective is because you do translate things into the late termato- ter- dermatology you like that terminology yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terminology very effectively you know and you say it in a way that it's very understandable um and, and i think I, I agree with you hysterectomy is a lot more relatable than ovarian yeah. so I'm going to have to change my little spiel. Luckily, it's, we're still in beta testing
0: phase. See, this is what beta testing's for. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you for the feedback. So, I, I
1: intend to run it past my uh, manager tomorrow. So I'm sorry. You were about to say?
0: Oh, no, because some people, um, the abbreviation is the letters O-H-E. Yes. And um, I've actually seen that written on estimates. It stands for ovario hysterectomy. I guess, is the E. <laughs> so, yeah, like, like ectomy is its own word. I know, I'm like, that's kind of weird, but, and I see that on some estimates at places, I'm like, guys, ain't nobody knows what this is, (laughs) you know, they're like, oh, (laughs) what's the O, or the O-E, so, um, I don't know if you have that in your estimate or not, but that's a pet peeve of mine, I'm like, don't put O-E, you know what, spell something, anything's better than O-E, so, that's just my little rant for the day, so.
1: no, I like it, It, and it's true, and and so, um, Ours actually does currently say ovariohysterectomy, hysterectomy, but maybe we'll just change it to hysterectomy. You know, maybe just to make it a little easier. Um, or,
0: or, or like o-hysterectomy, oh, like, ooh, like some new slang we need to come up with. Like, I got the o-his oh, done. or <laughs> o-hysterectomy. The o-his.
1: <hysterectomy. laughs> yeah. <laughs> the oh, like, yeah. A, like, like J-Lo. All right. yeah,
0: exactly. All right. It's the o-his.
1: Oh, you're just full of yo, great yo, ideas. Yo. I got to hit you up more often when you're tired. <laughs>
0: When, I'm, when we're both sleep-deprived, I'm not sure. This is going downhill rapidly, I think, actually.
1: Are <laughs> <laughs> we not on any tangents? <laughs> little ones. I think little. this whole thing is
0: a giant tangent. It but is a giant
1: tangent. Anyway, um, um, but one more thing yeah. I do want to mention
0: about, um, and I think we've mentioned this before, too, with spays, is, especially with big dogs, that it's super important to do IV fluids. Oh, yeah. More than little dogs, and I mean, it's important for everybody, but for, particularly for big dogs, because they're losing a lot of blood. And a lot of people don't associate a simple little spay with big blood loss. And I always tell people, I'm like, you can lose, like if you, I got some juicy gauze squares here, you know, (laughs) that this is more than just, and I think if blood in people's minds kind of is like, whoa, if it's bloody, then it's big, you know, and so I always kind of try to explain it where, you know, they can lose a lot of blood and they're like, wow, but it's just a spay. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's another tool that you could maybe use too to kind of convey the severity to people.
1: Absolutely, and and let's let's talk about those huge blood vessels that we tie off. Like you said, where are they coming directly off of the abdominal aorta, which is the biggest freaking artery in the body? You know, it's like it goes straight
0: from the heart. Straight from the heart. Any bigger than that? (laughs) Like literally. (laughs) Right. It's the blood vessel out of the heart. (laughs)
1: Directly out of the heart. Yeah, so we're talking about major potential for bleeding there, but um, you know, when you look at uh, you know, the the some of these places that do the low cost bays are like, well we're using anesthesia monitoring equipment. All they have is a pulse oximeter, right? And that's pretty much it. They clip it on the tongue and you know, that's all they got. Can you explain to our, our people what a pulse oximeter is and I'll just kind of expand on why that's almost worthless, but go ahead.
0: <laughs> oh, well, actually, a really great analogy I heard, um, I forget who it was, about a pulse oximeter was, it's like a flagman at the edge of the cliff, <laughs> but he's over the edge of the cliff, too. So by the time you see the flag yeah. and know that you're, you're already going over the cliff. <laughs> and right. I was like, that's a good analogy. So basically, what a pulse oximeter is, is it tells us in a not very specific way the oxygen I can't talk. Oxygen saturation. <laughs> and oh God, we're bad tonight. So what that is is basically it should be above ninety five percent because it's telling us the red blood cells that are going through all the parts of the body, how much oxygen are they carrying. And if they're not carrying very much oxygen, that means it may, you, your heart might not be beating enough, your blood pressure might be tanking, you might not be inhaling. And exhaling enough, there's a lot of bad things that could make your oxygen saturation level go down. So the problem with the pulse oximeter is generally anything above 95% is good, but 95 to 90% doesn't sound that bad. But when you get to there, bad. Bad mamma-jamma stuff is going on sometimes. So, and they're not the most accurate thing either because sometimes I'll be doing it; it'll say my dog's like eighty percent. I'm like, no, he's not. It's a dental reposition it, it's and then he's miraculously ninety nine again. It's yeah. like, oh, he's healed, you know. Right. So you have to. There's a little fault in the the design of the machine too.
1: Yeah. And that's, you, you, you nailed it perfectly. I mean, everything from, that's exactly how I feel about it. I think the cliff analogy is fantastic. If that goes south, the dog's on the verge of dying at that point. And, you know, um, but, but realistically, when you talk to most anesthesiologists, when you're looking at where things begin to go south, when it's actually very uh, expedient to pick it up in the uh, anesthetic monitoring of the patient, it's blood pressure, blood pressure, blood pressure, blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Back to your point, IV fluids are so important to keep up that pressure um you know obviously it's not blood replacement but you're replacing blood loss with physiological fluid that's going to help keep up the pressure because when the pressure goes south all kinds of bad things happen organs shut down the heart starts beating harder faster potential for arrhythmia as uh, abnormal beats of the heart go up and so One of the things on my surgery vet, we got these great little cuffs that I got multiple sizes that fit multiple different patients. I hate the Doppler, so I don't use a Doppler. Um, And then we're picking up on blood pressure aberrations very early in the process when they begin to happen. So then I'll up my fluid rate uh, to fix that, and suddenly Mm -hmm. the pressure gets better. And, you know, these are things that without this equipment you're not seeing, right? So with the pulse ox, are you going to see pressure? Absolutely not. You know, uh, until they're on the verge of the blood vessels literally collapsing – the oxygen saturation is going to look normal, and to me, yes, is it good to have? Yes, having a nice little audible heartbeat that you can hear, it's great. But for all intents and purposes, it's 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 a false sense of security. That's all it really is. Um, mm-hmm. So, just think to yourself, and this is kind of saying this to everybody: if you're going in for a hysterectomy, are you going to go for the bargain basement price, find it the cheapest yokel you could find to do it, or in a van? Or in a van,
0: <laughs> yeah. pulls up
1: to a Walgreens, you know. Yes. Um, or, or are you going to f- try to find like the best possible place you can have it done, where there is a dedicated technician that stays with the patient from the moment they're checked in to the moment they leave, and every moment in between, that one technician will follow that patient. AHA protocols, the American Animal Hospital Association. Um, everything to the letter, which would be university standard. just ask yourself, what would you do? You're a female?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> any surgery, right? I th- you know, I think it's a no-brainer yeah. And um, well yeah, and, and you I mean, some of these places it's like we all we don't, we don't see this very much where we work, but the risk of infection is real too. And if you get a real grimy place, yeah. you know, or maybe equipment or some places might even reuse packs like, yeah, you know, this pack didn't get that bad. I'll reuse it on the next one. You'd be amazed at things that happen.
1: I've seen it. Um, My, yeah. Oh, I,
0: I worked it. Yeah. In 1970s? Yeah, that. It's
1: horrible. <laughs> so, it's it's um, beyond appalling. Yes.
0: Yeah, so we um, – most places, we don't really see infections with spades anymore, thank God. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that's a that's a real risk too that we don't mention because thankfully it's so rare. Right. But it's one of those things that if you're in a real sketchy place, it could happen too. So. But um, so yeah, so basically, we when here we are still saying spay. We need to be saying
1: hiss, the oh hiss, oh hiss,
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, oh hiss,
1: his. <laughs> oh, well, snap. You know, we got to train ourselves. We keep saying spay, but you know, it's really ingrained in our psyche and our our lexicon, what have you, our medical lexicon. Um, but the other thing too, to that's really important is not just choosing the right place to have it done and have it done in the best possible hands and facility, but take it seriously. Post-operatively no frisbee, <laughs> no letting your cat out to roam and go hunting. <laughs> Don't I, I,
0: okay. When your aunt had the hysterectomy and laid in bed for a week, yeah. your dog needs to take a page from that playbook. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. even though they won't want to lay in bed for a week, they really, really need to. Right. Yeah.
1: And that's, that's really where my main frustration came, but then I just kind of, brought in the whole price shopper aspect of it. Because to me, that's equally not taking it seriously. <laughs> you know? well, and that's your pet peeve, too. <laughs> it's, it's one of my biggest ones. To the extent that, you know what I refuse to call estimates estimates? I oh, the treatment them plans. The treatment plan or diagnostic plans. Yeah. But to me, if you're an estimate, if you're giving estimates, you're a plumber. You know, and I, nothing <laughs> nothing against plumbers. I have the utmost respect. Some of my favorite people are plumbers that have saved my hospital from flooding disgusting uh, backing up sewage, which actually happened one time. <laughs> so, you know, these are phenomenal people that do a great job, but it's a contracting job for a medical procedure. I'm not going to belittle it by calling it an estimate. You know, call me snooty, but I'm not going there. Well, no.
0: No, and a lot of people nowadays are saying, hey, let me get a treatment plan for you or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And that's, yeah, I get it. It sounds less used car salesman-like, you know, but... um, Oh, but real quick before I... I then I know we're going to wrap up soon, but yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this secret story that I don't think I've told very many people. But oh, cool. when I was in vet school, okay. So first of all, I, I as you many of you might know, I applied to vet school on a total whim. Never worked at a vet clinic. No clue what vets did. Like nothing. <laughs> like I was a molecular biologist. Okay, I was like, that's cool. What the hell? I'll try. It, you know. <laughs> Because I'm insane. So anyway, so I, so basically all these other people who are in vet school with me have worked in vet clinics and dreamed of being a vet their whole life, you know, and volunteered and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's a dog, <laughs> you know. So anyway, when we're in surgery class, when I saw the abbreviation OHE, I had no clue what it was.
1: <laughs>
0: None. Like, on this syllabus for, surger- for our surgery class, I'm like, O-H-E, huh, that's weird. But, huh, spays aren't on here. Why aren't we going to learn spays in this class? That's hilarious. Then I learned, yeah, so that just shows how ingrained I was as a – going from an extreme molecular biologist layperson, non-veterinarian, to, oh, crap, here I am in vet school, and I didn't even know what O-H-E was. So
1: okay. yeah. yeah, so, so uh, that's a great anecdote because – i mean you're you're clearly not a yokel, you're clearly an educated person smart and 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 yet you still belittled the procedure, not by any fault of your own. that was the perception that you got from it right right and and so and I, and I was in
0: rescue before I Went to vet school. Okay. So I, always, I was, you know, when you're in rescue, you do a lot of the low-cost spays and stuff because I didn't know any better. And we had a couple of vets who would spay a puppy mill rescue dog for us cheap. And when you don't have any money, you do the cheapest way you can because right. it's usually coming out of your own pocket. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, it was just very eye-opening when I realized, oh, wait, not every clinic does that? Hmm. Well, after I realized what the heck an OAG was. But yeah. – <laughs> so
1: – yeah, the first time it really hit me, um, when <clears throat> you know, when I underst- really fully grasped and understood what was involved, I was a 19 year old kennel boy, and I was being promoted to because they knew I was you know studying to eventually apply to vet school, and and so the the, the head clinician there, veterinarian, she said, I'd like you to start scrumming in some surgeries with me, and so you can get a look at this stuff. And she took she had a lot of pride in getting kids quote-unquote, uh, placed in a vet school based on the, you know, in in, in some, to some measure, the experience they had in her, her clinic. Really great lady. And um, so the first time I ever was in on a spay, I, she goes, she says to me, all right, so you're not concerned about passing out or anything like that or getting woozy, nauseous? I'm like, why would anybody pass out? And she goes, well, I, I had a girl hit the floor just a few weeks ago, so I just want to be sure you're okay. Uh, I said, yeah, it's fine. Like, what, it's a spay, you know? And I get in there and I see her <laughs> toweling the dog off. And she had full sterile technique. We're going back to, like, 1994, you know, and or 90, 95. So to, to have that nice full sterile technique, she's in a cap and mask. I have to be all, you know, cap and mask and, and all that. Now, that's a great thing for that time where things were still not at the standard they are now, you know. And in some places they aren't at that standard. But there she was. And then I see her make the incision. And then she's, like, poking her fingers around in there. And I see guts. And I'm like holy, whatever, this is, <laughs> this is a surgery, you know, it's, so again, I had the perception as a a kid still though, but still, you know, uh, a kid that was planning on going to vet school, you know, right. for me, it wasn't necessarily a whim. I was a biochemistry major because I wanted to be versatile in case I didn't get into vet school. <laughs> so it was kind of a fail safe, but very interesting. So I think you're right. We need to own our part in, in this. And so, I'm going to implore you to also change the world in your little fiefdom as well. Are you going to embrace hyster- <laughs> the O hysterectomy?
0: Yes, the O, oh, yes. Well, and because I always, whenever I'm whenever I'm about to do a surgery and I'm talking to people, this is also, I guess, part, partly CYA as well, but I explain to them, I'm like, now, here's what it is and here's all the crap that can go wrong. Because what I've learned is when you tell people all the things that can go wrong yeah. and how hard it is when the dog comes out doing fantastic, I look amazing.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> they're like, wow, you did all that. I'm like, hell yeah, high five, you know, because otherwise if you're like, I'm going to go spay your dog now, they're like, okay, loser. I'll yeah. go to Walmart and I'll see that, you know. Sure. But when I tell them all everything I'm doing, and then it, 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 I can kind of watch their face go, Ur, and I'm like, and you already signed the form and you can't change your mind <laughs> because some people are, you know. But um, it, it makes them, I think, respect us more too because they're like, wow you did all that. I'm like, fist bump. Yeah. You know, and it just, it helps, I think, too, with them. The more they understand what I did, then they'll be like, wow. So she really does need to stay off the couch and just lay on the floor. I said, yeah. uh-huh. So, yeah, I think that's part of it.
1: Another great idea. Maybe
0: pictures yeah. of a real bloody spay would be good. Yeah. A real juicy one.
1: I was thinking about posting a YouTube <laughs> video of one, you know, just yeah. so can see, here's a spay, and this is why you need to keep her quiet for a little bit here. You know, yeah. Um, but also you're, you're, that's a very good point. You know, you're, you're, I mean, you don't want to put the fear of God in people per se, because I don't want them to say, oh, hell no, I'm not spaying my, my dog, exactly. my <laughs> cat. But at the same time, letting them understand the potential complications of which there could be bad ones. Um, I think that's, that's, that's something that we should all focus on as well. So uh what, I guess we're we're gonna wrap up here shortly. When uh, when are we planning on reconvening here with the holiday weekend in front of us at all? I'm not traveling, so
0: oh, I have and no I'm very wife, happy. To so say you know that. Me.
1: not traveling. Yes,
0: I'm I'm not hosting Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> we always host it, and um this year I'm like <clears throat> my parents offered, and I said, you know what, knock yourselves out.
1: They you live nearby. I'm not five? even
0: bringing food. I'm doing nothing, baby. I'm right. just going to show up and bring my dog and say hi. <laughs>
1: so Okay. So early next week should be okay for you then, I'm guessing.
0: Absolutely. Yep. My, right. my family will have disowned me by then. I'll have plenty of free time.
1: <laughs> there you go. The big thing of my family I'm really stressing about is political discussions at the table. Oh, there's different factions.
0: <laughs> oh. Well, last year – so being in St. Louis, last year was um, the year that the um, – I don't know if you remember in Ferguson, Missouri. Yeah. They had the, the – the shooting, yeah. and so uh, I had Thanksgiving at my house, and I told everyone, you know, because Ferguson was all all over the news. I said, and the riots, the big riots, were actually like two days before Thanksgiving. Like it was all over our news; it was all our news was. And I said, no one is allowed to say the F word.
1: Nice. Whatever,
0: whatever F word you think that is, don't say it.
1: Did anybody break that? And
0: Thanksgiving was beautiful. Okay. So <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not going to even bring up the words. I don't want to. I don't want stated at my Thanksgiving. <laughs> the, the, I will say the majority's on my side, but i don't I just don't want to deal with the discomfort of it so um yeah, but yeah, so let's let's definitely uh continue this. I'll try to ease up on the coach's voice uh as far as a future topic i i I think at some point we're gonna have to delve in, delve into the great topic of diabetes, or as Wilfred Brimley says, diabetes. Diabetes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we have to be on the back of a horse and be like, "It's diabetes." <laughs> but um, no, i no—I have a—I uh, have a six-part series I wrote. I've got two of them published already. I'm just kind of releasing it in pieces, you know, because I don't know—I have to build suspense somehow, I guess. Mm. So, but um, one of them is um, who is Samogi and why do we care? So that'll be a fun one to talk about too. <laughs> it's so funny, so. you
1: say Samogi, I say Samaji.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, some, people say, some people combine it and say Samoji. Samoji. <laughs> yes. There's people who say Samoji. So um, Simo- he was Hungarian, and Samogi is the correct Hungarian pronunciation.
1: I'll have to believe you so. on that because I have no, no other basis other than I had a professor <laughs> that said Samoji overswing, and I'm going with it. So. Oh,
0: no, because we weren't – it's so funny because, no, in Illinois, we learned Samoji. No, no, Anyway, so, yeah, so see, this, this is what about.
1: She so is. we'll
0: talk about who he was, why we care, and how that affects your pet with diabetes, So, awesome. along with other juicy stories. I love it.
1: I'm boobs. looking forward to delving into <laughs> Samogi. Well, I bid you and your family a very lovely Thanksgiving, uh, and I see your furry family, two members, right behind you there in the camera. Oh, yep. yes. <laughs> Tough life dogs have oh. there.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. I'm on the floor there on the couch. What's wrong with this picture? Right. But yes, yes, yes. Have a stay in Thanksgiving, and we'll talk Thank diabetes you. next. And thanks for listening, guys.
1: Thank you very much, everyone. Have a great Thanksgiving. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.